I got something for you. You ready? All right, be seated. I want you to jump ahead, turn your Bible to James chapter 1. In fact, if somebody would be so kind as to put my Bible in James chapter 1, put my ribbon in there, we'll come back to it here directly. You understand directly? What does it mean? It's, it's Greek ability. It's Greek ability for in a minute. We're going to come back to it directly. We're coming back to James chapter 1. While you're finding James chapter 1, I want you to shout with me, I have faith that never fails. I have faith that never fails. I have faith that always wins. I have faith that never wavers. I have faith that shall not want. I have faith that always wins. I have faith that never wavers. I have faith that shall not want. Oh God. I want to energize your faith. I want to encourage your faith. Blessed be God forever. I want to stir up your faith. Paul told Timothy, stir up that gift that is in you, that gift of faith that is in you by the putting on of my hands. You know, I, I've been, I've been, I like to squeeze my own orange juice. You ever squeeze your own orange juice? Well, if you haven't, stop drinking Tropicana, man. Get you some oranges, get you, get you some uh, organic oranges. They're real sweet. Let them get real good and ripe. Squeeze those babies out. But don't leave them set for 20 minutes after you get it squeezed out because when you take a drink of that, all you get is a big slug of water. If you want the life, you got to stir that thing up again. So take the next 15 seconds and build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do you do it? Jude chapter, Jude verse 20. How do you do it? Jude verse 20. Huh? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody start praying in the Holy Ghost. Stir your faith up right now. Make your neighbor nervous. Make your neighbor nervous. Come on. The Holy Spirit is enabling you to express your original self. Your spirit is being magnified above your body, above your mind, above your will, above your... Come on, stir yourself up. Get some expectancy. Get some anticipation. Stir that thing up on the inside of you. Now shout it again. I have faith that never fails. I have faith that always wins. I have faith that never wavers. And tonight we're going to dive into I have faith that shall not want. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest by us the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, born of God, breathed of God, inspired of God, energized of God, anointed of God, born of God, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but you are born of God. 1 John 4, 4, little children, you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. If I can't find somebody to shout about the word, I'm not moving from right here. I'm going to read it again until somebody 
acts like they believe it until somebody drops the lever and pulls the trigger and gets their faith energized right now. I am of God. I have overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Matthew 9, 26, but Jesus beheld them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are, they're not only possible, they're probable. And I came back in 1979 from Indianapolis, Indiana. My sister on 35 prescribed medications a day. My hand's big enough to palm a basketball in each one of them. And when I came home, I couldn't put all of her pills in my hands. With men, it was impossible. I went to a little meeting, 1979, Indianapolis, Indiana, in the Adams Mark Hotel. I could take you to it today. To the Adams Mark Hotel, and there I heard a man share that the just could live by faith. And before that thing was over, I got a touch from God that I've never been able to shake. No devils have been able to erase it. No demons been able to take it away. No circumstance has been able to diminish it. But every day and every week and every month and every year and every decade, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And when I came back in 1979, I stood up in front of our little Baptist church and I said, from this moment forward, anything you can find in your Bible, in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, or in John, or the book of Acts is no longer possible in this church. It is probable. If you need a healing in your body, jump to your feet right now and shout, I am healed. Keep shouting. Come on, keep shouting. Everybody join them. Everybody join them. Everybody shout, I'm healed. Now say it with men. It is impossible. But with God, with God. You sing an old song, without him I could do nothing. Without him I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Well, I got news for you, baby. You're not without him. You are not now without him. You were never without him even before he found you. You said, I found the Lord. He wasn't lost and you didn't know where to look. He found you. Through the corridors of time, he came searching for you. He adopted you. He made you his own. He shed his blood for you before you ever broke out of the bloody flanks of your mother. I'm here to tell you tonight, with men, your situation is impossible. So stop going to men. Lift up your happy head, hearts, and hands in praise and shout with God, all things are possible. Now give him praise and give him glory. I got to get to some stuff. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus beheld them and said, with men it's impossible, with God all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him 
that believeth. Now here we go. James chapter 1. Give me that Bible, son. James chapter 1, beginning reading at verse 2. I'm going to slow down just a little bit because I want you with all of my heart to get this. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy. Stop. Look at me. Count it all joy. He didn't say it was all joy. He just said act like it's all joy. He said shout like it's all joy. Clap like it's all joy. Wave like it's all joy. Talk like it's all joy. Smile like it's all joy. Wave like it's all joy. Clap like it's all joy. Shout like it's all joy. Run like it's all joy. Spin like it's all joy. Wave like it's all joy. Don't let the devil see you blink. He knows nothing but what you tell him. And I want him and every little devil to have to go back to their father who spawned them out of the darkened depths of the demonic underworld and climb slithering back up to his throne and whimper out, I failed. How do you know? They're still worshiping. They're still I don't even know if some of you want victory. The valley, the trial, the temptation, the battle, the struggle, the opposition, the denial, the delay. Count it all joy. Oh, I'm going to come back to it. I want you for the next 15 seconds while I'm getting back up here. I want you to think at the th about the three things that the devil has hit you with the strongest and I double dog dare you to let every demon know that it failed. I dare you to right now, by faith, count it all joy. Oh! My God, somebody prime the pump. Somebody prime the pump. Oh! All right. I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall. Sort of that word fall. Because we talked about that last week. Do you remember? Somebody tell me what we talked about about falling last week. I don't know why you repeat so much. Okay. Tell me what I said about falling. Free fall. That's right. You, you, don't, you didn't fall into sin. Huh? You dug a swimming pool, help me somebody, with a teaspoon, filled it up with a thimble, a thimble at a time. 
built you a high dive out of two pits and full well dove head in. You didn't fall into sin. But now wait a minute, wait a minute here, because he said, look what he said. Look what he said. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Oh, I'm gonna make it plain to you. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but the, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. Somebody shout the next two words. Shout it again. You mean to tell me that you can get to the place walking on the crusty surface of this people planet where you want nothing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why? The Lord, he is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me, didn't even ask me. He maketh me to lie down in green. I ain't got no help in here tonight. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And don't, don't you be looking at me down that religious nose of yours and say, well, Brother Rod, that's just because I'm so humble, I just don't want nothing. Really? You don't want anything. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. God, God did not make this world for the devil's crowd to enjoy. I'm gonna say it again. I, I'm gonna say it again, cause Sunday I'm gonna party and I gotta get rid of some of them ready for it. I said, this is my father's world. Every blade of grass, every rock, every diamond, the gold underneath the thing, the cattle on the hillsides, the grass the cattle are eating and the milk they give. When are we gonna get it? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper spirit, soul, and body, and that you be in health even as your soul prospers. When are we gonna get it that God is a good God, that he that comes to God must believe he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm tired of this demonic spirit that causes the people of God to act like they're supposed to be depressed and broke and sad and sick to glorify my God, somebody shout. Okay, I can't go there. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. Oh, I'm coming back there. But let him ask in faith nothing. See last week, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now let me stop a moment. A double-minded man or person is not a person who says, I wonder if it could be on Sunday. And I think 
it's not on Wednesday. That's a confused person. A double-minded person is a man who on Sunday says, I believe that it is. And on Tuesday has forgotten his faith and abandoned his faith. You understand? All right, look at it. For let that, that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. One translation says his conversation. Conversation means manner of life. Everything about him is unstable. He's unstable in his marriage relationship. He's unstable in his business dealings. He's unstable in his prayer life. He starts out to read the Bible with everybody, but somewhere along the way gives out. He starts shouting until he gets hit sideways with something in this world, and then he lets go of his faith. He abandons and makes shipwreck. Are you listening to me right now? I can't get there. I'm just trying to get through the text. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to them that love him. James 1, 4. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. Shout the next two words, the end of verse 4. Wanting nothing. Say, I have faith that does not waver. And I have faith that shall not want. Now I began to tell you last week, Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Romans 14.23, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Sin causes you to waver. All right, now I don't have a lot of time to spend on that subject. I spent a lot of time on it last week. I will tell you only, James 1, 13 through 15, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of the Lord. Now look back up at verse 2. Look, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. So now here, but 11 verses later or so, he's saying, let no man say when he's tempted, He's tempted of God. God tempteth no man with evil. God tempts no man with sin. So that cannot be what he's talking about in verse 2. Because he said whatever temptation it was that we fell into in verse 2. We should count that joy. Now he's talking about sin in verse 13. He's talking about the nature of sin. Let no man say when he is tempted or solicited, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and come fallen, watch, fallen short of the glory of God. 
So we got two fallings going on here and we got two temptations going on here. One of them deals with wavering and one of them deals with you shall not want. Hebrews 12, four. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, because sin is missing the mark by breaking the law. Lust is not sin. However, there is no sin that lust is not the basis of. Lust, let, let, let me give you this because I, I, think it's, I think it's very important. Lust is an individual, shout it, individual, active, soulish impulse. An individual, active, soulish impulse. Here's how we get into sin. Number one, if your will was not involved, individual, it's your situation, it's your problem, it's you, not God, because God tempts no one with evil. So it can't be God drawing you away. It can't be God enticing you. It can't be God sending that secretary to sit across the desk and bat her eyelashes at you. That's not, that's not God. And it's not yet sin. Sin, lust, when it is conceived, bears sin, gives birth to sin. There has to be a conception before there's a birth. See, that's the reason some of you drive down the road and you see somebody with a martini and you used to have a problem with being drunk and with alcohol and you see that thing and you have a thought about getting drunk and you think, man, I wish my bathtub was, a, was full of beer and I could dive in and drink my way out. That thought comes into your head. And you feel like you've sinned. You feel guilty. You feel overwhelmed. But you haven't sinned unless you then begin to meditate. Thought, imagination, stronghold. The weapons of our warfare. My God Almighty. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, and, and bringing into captivity every thought. Bring it backwards. Bring it from the outside in, from the inside out. Thought, imagination, stronghold. I have a thought. I have a zeal for life. I have a lust for life. I want to enjoy life. I want to be happy. Some of you aren't happy because you feel like you're sinning when you are. Do you mean to look at me mean? I have a thought. I haven't sinned. Her preacher one time said, I used to sit on the platform and look at women on the front row, lust after them. Well, when that thought came in your mind, all you had to do is cast it down. And if you cast it down and replace and replace it, then it cannot be conceived into an imagination which is based on an image that you accept and then you embrace. When I have embraced it, look out. Look out. No, it's too late then. No, you go out and get in the back seat of a 95 Chevy 
It's too late. You have conceived that thought. Right then, you need somebody else to grab you and cast something out of you. Because you have imagined it. You played that over in your mind. That's what's so dangerous about the internet and pornography. You embrace that and you say, well, I just look at it and I'll get pleasure and there's no harm in that. It will be because you will imagine it until it becomes a stronghold and then you cannot get free. I have no intention of talking about that. It's an individual response. Say I'm responsible. It's an active thing. It's not passive. It's just not a passing thought. You embrace that thing. You laid hold on it. Thirdly, it's soulish. It exalts your spirit or your flesh over, or it exalts your soul or your flesh over your spirit. John Wesley asked his mother, Mother, what to me is sin? She said, anything that impedes the tenderness of your conscience, weakens your reason, dulls your deep desire for spiritual things, or exalts the authority of your flesh or your mind over that of your spirit, yes, that thing to you is sin. Do you understand? But that is not God tempting you with sin. To tempt means to try, to try you. God is not trying you with sin. God does not try to build you up by presenting you with sin. Am I helping you yet? Are you sure? You, you want to go home? Okay, here, here we are. It is an individual active soulish impulse that is irrational. An active, individual active soulish, it deals in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Doesn't deal in your spirit at all. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Sin is not conceived in the spirit. Sin is conceived in the mind. That's the reason some folks have said the battleground is the mind. Well, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Because this is a tripart being. And as soon as you get two parts in agreement on either side, hey, that was kind of cool. So you get two parts in agreement on either side, you've got a majority, don't you? I said, don't you? So your spirit always agrees with the word. You have a soulish impulse, which is irrational. Sin doesn't make any sense. Why are you looking at me funny? I mean, I look at some people that just do the most ridiculous things. And I, 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 I just want to say, do you understand what a fool your sin makes of you? Don't look at me now just because I'm preaching. Do you know how stupid you look to any rational person? A businessman gets out of bed with his wife in the morning, walks out of a beautiful home, gets in a beautiful automobile, drives to the airport, kisses his beautiful children goodbye, goes to the airport, and, and, and before daylight, goes and snuggles up to some magazine and starts panting like a junkyard dog. Do you know how stupid you look? 
No, I, I'm going to say this a minute. Sin makes a fool of you. Well, I'm intelligent. No, that sin's not intelligent. Sin makes a fool of you. Look at the, look at the prodigal son. Cat was living in a mansion. And he's having a good time in the hog pen. Look at it. Sin makes a fool of you. Sin will, sin will tell you you're going to have a good time, smoke a little pot. And then the next time you know, you're down in skid row somewhere, sticking a dirty needle in your arm, because sin made a fool of you. And somebody ought to just have that God-given ability to say no more. Like Uncle Willie sitting on the second row that night, enough is enough. You're not making a fool out of me, not one more time. Okay, you didn't come for this, did you? All right, all right. It's irrational. Esau trades his birthright for some pea soup. Some pea soup. Brother Summerall was on a, we were on a flight back from Sweden. He'd always make me come sit by, beside him. And they had some movie playing. And it was the first time, I, I don't know if he'd ever watched a movie in his life. And they put, they put those earphones on, you know. And so he's, he decides we're going to watch the movie. So, of course, yes, yes, sir. So I'm watching the movie with him. And he doesn't, rea he doesn't realize that those headphones are making him talk really loud. And, and the movie is so bad that no one is watching. So they're hearing every comment he makes. There you go. What's the matter with you, you foolish thing, you? Look at him, leaving one woman for another. I've never understood that, he said. They all got the same basic equipment. You have to understand, this is Dr. Lester Sumrall. They all got the same basic equipment. Then he proceeded to describe it, which I won't. A couple of this and one of that. He said, I, I just determined when, when I was in Mongolia, he said, I went into some hut and there was some man with 15 women, all his wives. And I just determined anything there was that many of couldn't be that special. Certainly not worth wasting and ruining lives over. Monarchs have thrown away kingdoms for the foolishness of 15 minutes. Am I helping anybody? Just say sin makes a fool out of me. You don't look cool sinning. 
You look ridiculous. I want to be an individual. So I dye my hair black, point it up, pierce everywhere, tattoo everything, wear all black. And then you hang out only with people that look exactly like you. How are you an individual? And then get mad when somebody looks at you. I stared at somebody the other day. And they said, why are you looking at me like that? I said, anybody go to that much trouble to get attention? I just figured you wanted everybody to look at you. Sin makes a fool out of you. You don't look cool when you're drunk. You look foolish. You don't look funny when you're high. You look stupid. He doesn't think you're cool because you give him your body. He thinks you're a fool. I used to preach on sin a lot. I, I'm pretty good at it. All right, James 1, 2. Let's get into it now. I got 8, okay. It's actually 8, 14. It just switched to 15. Are you doing all right? Look, I don't want to keep coming in here on Wednesday night if you're not changing. Really, I, I mean, if you're not getting built up and you're not getting excited and you don't think through the day, oh, I'm going to go in there tonight and get a word I can lay hold on and my face is going to grow and I'm going to be a mountain mover. I'm going to look in the spirit like Schwarzenegger looks in the natural. I mean, let's get this. Let's do something. Let's put our foot on the head of sin and say, you're not going to make a fool out of me again. All right, watch this now. I love this. James 1, 2. When you fall into diverse temptation, that is not Satan luring you into sin. For we read in 13 and 14, verse 13 and 14, that God doesn't tempt any man with evil. All right? So now he says, this, this is not the luring a way of Satan with sin. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of the Lord. To fall here in verse two means to be enveloped. Watch this now. It means to be enveloped, wrapped around, encompassed with, surrounded by something that is everywhere. So it's not the idea of that's over there and I fell into it. It's rather the idea of a yielding to something that is not only all around me, but is all around everybody. May I remind you that your Bible says, in this world you will have temptation and tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, the world, that's what's all around me, this cursed planet. I have overcome the world, and this is the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. So here we are encompassed round about these temptations the 
Well, there it is. I knew I had it. John 16, 33. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. What did he say? Count it all joy. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. How? Through your faith. James 1, 2. In the NIV. New International Version. Says, consider it pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. He didn't say sin. He's not talking about sin. The New American Standard Version, James 1, 2. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Can I just tell you what God told Jeremiah? In regard to trials, temptations, the storms of life, cheer up. It's going to get worse. Oh, I'm, I'm teaching you how to live by faith right now. I'm not, I'm not, that, that, that sin thing, that is so easy. That sin thing, just don't take the bait. That's all you know when that's happening. Come on, let the spirit of God rise up within you. Cast down that thought. Resist in word, thought, and deed, and move on. But this, now this is something different. This is four lawsuits in a year. This is being lied about and talked about. This is problems in your home. This is the bombardment of the opposing forces, not necessarily of Satan, but as a result of living on a cursed planet. See, there's a whole lot of stuff that comes your way. It comes flying at you. This, this text bears out. It flies at you from every direction. And, and you think that because you got born again, you stepped into some kind of spiritual cocoon and none of it sticks. Well, I got news for you. It does stick. And we, we can learn in this passage how to live in victory right in the middle of every bit of it. John is on the island of Patmos, nothing but the wild beast. He's been boiled in oil three times. He refuses to die. He's banished. He has no preacher, no prophet, no pulpit, no radio, no Bible, no TBN, no new inspirational network. He's got no 104.9, the river. He's got nothing. But wild beasts. And he proclaims, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind my God Almighty Paul with his arms and legs strapped to the sewage sludge of Rome announces he hath raised me up and given me joint seating together with Christ in heaven. But come on, they knew something. They knew how to watch their children be raised again from the dead, how to endure this and endure that and quench the violence of the sword and stop the mouths of lions. We want God to kill the lion and kill the king. I remind you, Daniel went in the lion's den. Paul went into jail. I'll remind you, your Bible says, not from all these things, but in all these things. Stop being such a spiritual baby. 
The only part or portion that Satan has to play in this falling into divers temptations is to sit by the sidelines and hiss and hope that you quit. Some of this stuff didn't come from him. There's not a demon in every teacup. Some of it is just you're, you're a person living on a cursed planet among cursed people in a cursed atmosphere. And in the middle of it, he says, just be happy about it. Don't worry. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. In this world, you have tribulation and persecution, but I've overcome the world. What overcomes the world? Your faith. Shout my faith. That we, will in, that we will face and encounter many and various trials is implied and expressed. But let me remind you, Psalm 34, 19, many, somebody finish the verse for me. Come on, somebody that clings on to your Bible in the midst of trial. Come on, many, many are the afflictions. Come on, somebody help me. Many are the afflictions. That's not sickness and disease, it's trial and temptation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You didn't know how scriptural you were when you were fighting through that trial, fighting through that temptation, having done all to stand, stand therefore, refusing to quit, refusing to be denied, refusing to... I'm all by myself tonight. But the Lord delivereth me out of them all. It may take two seconds, two minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks, or 20 years. But hold on. Don't quit. Persevere. James 1, 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It's a test of your trust. Get that down. It's a test of your trust. A test. Testing you. It's a test of your trust. It's a test of your endurance. Look down at verse 12. Jump way ahead. James 1.12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, trial, testing. For when he is tried, tested, he shall receive a crown of life which the Lord hath promised him. It's not the man who suffers because everybody does. It's not the man who suffers, but he that endures by patience that receives the crown. I just spoke up on the inside of me on the way here. Tell them they will only bear the cross for a while, but they will wear the crown forever. Can't nobody even get happy. Got one boy standing up.
Don't allow the trials and the storms of life to make you surrender. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip you out now. Sin, that's your fault. These temptations are not your fault. Stop being Job's friends. Stop, it, stop looking at somebody fighting through the trials of life and say, well, I wonder what they've done. I wonder how they've sinned. Must have lost the anointing. You wear your trials. You wear these kinds of temptations. You wear these struggles like a badge of honor. And when I see somebody wearing them all over, that's a person I want to link arms with. That's a person I want to hook up with. I don't want to hang out some of you Sunday-only weekend warriors. I want to hang out with somebody that's been in a foxhole, that's fought the enemy and come out with a few scars, but holding the head of the defeated adversary that would dare raise himself up against them. What? What'd you say? I dare you to shove your neighbor and say, I'm still here. No, tell somebody, I'm still here. Look at what you've been through. Look at everything you thought would kill you. Oh my. Look at every time you've been counted out. Look at every time they said no way. Look at every time they turned you down. Look at every time they said you'd never make it. And look at you now. God, I never saw a bunch so hard to encourage in my life. Huh. I just want you to know, Elder. Sin, that's your fault. But brother, you can have faith right now. You, you, I mean, it just helps. It helps to know it's not your fault. God just lifted up the hedge a little bit. And what's all around you got in to test your trust to see if you would endure, to see if your faith would lay hold. My anchor grips and holds that solid rock. That rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. Come on, he's the focus of our faith. He's the fulcrum of faith. He's the foundation of our faith. And he is the finisher of our faith. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com.
God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.